coming up. Because people usually don't just abandon random dead bodies in the middle of the woods of the desert. He would definitely know how to get rid of body parts. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Up first, breaking news as authorities arrest a man in connection with a grisly discovery involving human body parts. You know, to to treat people so cavalierly, there's got to be some ethical responsibility there. You know, we just can't, this can't happen. Today on The Daily Crime, we have one of the more bizarre stories and certainly one of the more gruesome stories we have heard about in a while. I'm joined by William Pitts. He's a reporter at 12 News, KPNX in Phoenix, Arizona. William, tell us about how this story first came to your attention and and what you've learned. Well, the first time we heard about it was when the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office, which is about two and a half, two hours north of Phoenix, was looking for any information. They had found body parts out in the desert. And the weirder part, if there is a weirder part than finding body parts in the desert, was that it was in two separate locations. And they said that the human remains at the time were somehow linked together. And they didn't really give too much information on that, other than to say that there was what they called a puppy pad. And it's, uh, it's basically a, um, a medical, medical waste product kind of thing. It's like a, an absorbent medical pad that is used in hospitals and doctor's offices and things like that. So they thought that there might be something medical that linked these, these body parts together. So they were looking for information, and they didn't give us too much until the arrest was made. And then all the details started to come out, like these body parts were not human remains of a murder. These were body parts that were donated to a body broker business. So I want to get back to the suspect and what's happening there and and this arrest, but what can you tell me about these body brokers and what, what this business is all about? Uh, body brokers are the people that you donate your body to science to, and they are then in charge of delivering your body to somebody who needs it, a medical school, a medical training school, something like that. It's, you know, the whole, you know, you're going to donate your body to uh, the medical school so you can be the cadaver that teaches other doctors or potential doctors how to be doctors or how to conduct autopsies or something like that. Well, somebody has to deliver those bodies to that medical school. And it is an incredibly lucrative business with very little restrictions. So they don't like the term body brokers, but that's what's come up based on the wrongdoing and the crimes that have been uncovered over the years, including here in Arizona. We actually had another body broker case um, a couple of years ago, right down the street from where this guy's one of these one of the offices of this guy was. Uh, but these body brokers will charge money for different body parts, and they have price lists. A head is more valuable than a hand. Uh, A leg is more valuable than, say, just a wrist, or a part of a torso would be more valuable than a foot. Uh, And they're not supposed to make money off of this, but they can charge fees, and they can charge uh, little extras on top of that. Uh, I know one uh, body broker business is worth $27 million at least, uh, and it's, as I said, an incredibly lucrative business just farming out body parts. And it's not something that a lot of people want to talk about because when you think you're donating your body to science, you may or may not understand that you are donating your entire body, but you also could be donating parts of your body. You could end up 
in different coasts. So just to clarify, this very profitable business, it's actually one that you're not supposed to be making money doing. Uh, yeah, as far as I could tell the uh, from the research that I did, it is uh, one of the few restrictions is that technically you're not supposed to profit off of this, but there are ways to get around those restrictions and profit anyway. All right, William, let's get back to this arrest. What can you tell us about the suspect in this case? Uh, Walter Mitchell has been in the body broker business for quite some time. I think we're up to 20-some-odd years. Um, he was tracked down because the body parts that were found, and they were found in two different parts of the high desert, and they were uh, about two hours away from town. Uh, they still had the tags on them that labeled exactly what they were. They had a tracking number on them, and they had a business name on them, Future Gen X, which took a lot of tracking down to try and find this company uh, because it was a very small company, and it's uh, out of business at this point, but it was in Seattle. So the owner of that was Walter Mitchell. So that's when the police started to look around and see, okay, where did all of the body parts from this business end up? Where did Walter Mitchell end up? What they found out was he ended up in a town that was very close relatively to where these body parts were dumped. And through, you know, trying to piece everything together, that's when they arrested him. But he's been in business for probably 20, maybe even 30 years in different businesses in the Northwest, um, Portland, Seattle, a couple of other places, San Diego, we tied him to one, uh, and a couple of other businesses that seem to be body brokers for a little while and then fold up shop. Um, I tracked one of them down to a business in Kent called Sanex, and it was a body parts supplier that shared a business address with a funeral home. And the funeral home was in basically a metal barn. It looked like um, an auto shop, for lack of a better word. And it seemed to just have that location on paper, and its main office was in a Regis rental office, not even in the same town. And that seemed to be a pattern that we were finding out, was these businesses would share addresses with someone else, and then their mailing address or their incorporation address would be in a rental office or a P.O. box or in one of uh, Walter Mitchell's houses. So that's when uh, Yavapai County Sheriff's Office kind of pieced everything together and assumed that he had somehow managed to bring these body parts down from Seattle into Arizona. And then for some reason dump them in the desert a short distance from where he was living. It's just too bizarre to sound real. And you might have mentioned, but did he have any connection to Arizona? Were any of his businesses in the past or now located around Phoenix or in Arizona? He's had a couple of businesses in Arizona, and one of them was at a very well-known body broker aid business that quickly grew tired of him sharing an address. Uh, I talked to the owner of that business, and they said they cut ties with him pretty quickly. But he has lived here in a couple of different addresses, um, spent time or split time, I guess, between Seattle and here. And uh, he was arrested in Scottsdale, actually. But they ended up finding out that uh, Walter Mitchell had another address in Chino Valley, Arizona, which is just outside of Prescott, you know, a little distance away from Phoenix. And they figured out that that's not too far away from the body dump site. And in the last couple of days, we've also learned that uh, the sheriff's office is looking for a chest freezer. You know, one of those freezers you might have in your garage that Walter Mitchell allegedly sold. And they're trying to find out where that freezer is. And, of course, the big question is what was in it 
and why do they need to find it? Well, so, and not to get too gruesome, but what I've read from some of your reporting and the station reporting is that in one location, the one near Prescott, there were something like two dozen arms and legs, and then a second site with severed heads, and that was the one that was sort of in the middle of nowhere, right? The high desert, as you say. Yeah, they were both in the, kind of in the middle of nowhere. One was way more remote than uh, the other, but they were, you know, somewhat hidden, not incredibly well hidden and not incredibly far off the road. Uh, they were discovered by hunters in this area, and just to get there from Prescott was about a two-hour drive, so almost a four-hour round trip from Prescott to this site. And as you said, yeah, there were dozens of body parts at one place. There were um, legs, hands, uh, arms in one, and then five severed heads in the other. And of course, they were all labeled, and they were all tagged, and they all led back to this company, Future Gen X. So they make this link to this company and this individual. They find him. He's under arrest. What else do we know at this point? Obviously, the question of motive is a big one that seems to be looming, but I, I, what could possibly be the reason for dumping body parts? Uh, so when Walter Mitchell was confronted in Scottsdale about this and with all the information that police had, he only said, that's bull and I want a lawyer. And that's the only thing he said so far. Uh, so basically, he flat out denied it. The really bizarre thing, if there can be a more bizarre thing than this case, is that for a guy who was in the body broker business for 20 plus years, he would definitely know how to get rid of body parts. I mean, he has connections in the funeral industry. He knows exactly what to do with them. At the very least, he could have sold his inventory to somebody else if this business was going out of business, which it was. But he, there are so many other things that he could have done other than just leave them in the desert. So that's the big question mark is, how did they end up there and why would they have ended up there instead of any other place? What are the charges against him at this point? Right now, it's 28 counts of uh, concealing human remains, which is kind of a weird and obscure charge. You don't see that come across uh, the court docket very often, but uh, 28 counts, one for each body part. And now someone out there has family members who you know, are connected to these people, these body parts, they have to go out and, and I assume, try to find these connections, right? Yeah, that's the worst part, is that somewhere there are five families with loved ones who thought that they were donating their bodies to science who ended up dumped in the desert in a bunch of different spots. And now, I mean, thankfully, there are tags and tracking numbers and things, and hopefully there are still records from this business in Washington that can tie these body parts to family members. But it, it may come down to DNA matching to find out which body part goes with which body and which body goes with which family. Um, sadly, we've had that happen before here in Arizona where it came down to DNA testing to try and reunite the remains with the family members. Yeah, you mentioned that one, and that was back in 2014. I, I, I remember it. Were you around to cover that one at all? I was. Actually, Walter Mitchell was interviewed by Reuters as an expert in that case also. He had had dealings with uh, Arthur Rathburn, who uh, I think is still fighting charges at this point for um, you know his, his uh, uh, charges in the body broker industry. And he, Walter Mitchell was interviewed as an expert having de uh, dealings with Rathburn and saying, you know, we, I thought something was wrong. Um, I cut off my ties with him. I don't like dealing with uh, unethical people. And 
that was the last interview I found with him from here in Arizona. So he's he's tied into that case as well. I imagine you've covered a lot of crime cases in the area, but nothing quite quite like this. And now you've got two of these cases in the last five or six years. Now we've got two cases in the last couple of years. You know, one, I think nobody thought would happen in the first place. Um, you know, FBI agents raiding a body part donation business and bringing out parts of bodies once was enough to hear that it happened again and that this was even more bizarre. I mean, this didn't even have a building. This wasn't even a raid. This was being found by hunters. You know, just when you thought that it couldn't get more bizarre than the first case, here comes this one. William Pitts, uh, keep us posted if there are any further developments in this case and whatever happens to the suspect. We'd we'd love to know how everything uh, shakes out. All right. Thanks once again for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Check out our full lineup of shows, including Bardstown and The Officer's Wife, at vaultstudios.com. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.